Welcome, everybody. This is Tap Out Talk. I'm your host, Brian, the Hype Ballard, and we're going to talk a little bit about payback, results, and faults. So, everybody, let's get in. It was a night of Jay Uso going to Monday Night Raw. We've got Judgment Day and the most successful night they've had as a faction. Are they the new bloodline? We're going to find out. Also, where do Sammy, Zayn, and Kevin Owens go from here? And finally, who, I ask who, will dethrone Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship? That's right. We had a big night ahead of us for the PLE on the WWE on Peacock or WWE Network internationally. So let's get in. Let's talk about everything that had occurred in our post-SummerSlam follow-up that is Payback. It's been a long time in the making. Guys, SummerSlam feels like it was a very long time ago. And I got to say, this matchup between Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch really truly felt like it was going to be a SummerSlam match that didn't make the card. But it was meant to be a steel cage match as a payoff for their feud. And they had the weeks building up to it. And what's going to happen is these two are going to settle their feud. There's a little Zoe Stark in there. There's a little bit of Becky Lynch, a little bit of Trisha Stratus faction. So we do get a steel cage match. Trish always wanted to do a steel cage match. And she got her wish as the veteran tonight. So as they start out, Stratus is looking for an easy escape out the door right away, playing the heel role. And then she goes right up the cage. Lynch is the very first to quit and pull her down. She smashes Trish face first into the turnbuckle a few times. A trifecta of exploder suplexes, drumming Stratus up and jockeying for position over the wall, and Trish knocks her down. Up in the turnbuckle, jockeying for position, Stratus pulls her down and throws her into the cage wall. Off the ropes, Trish crashes her into a spine buster, a cover for a one and a two. Stratus fires back with a lariat cover for a two grinding Becky's face from the turnbuckle to turnbuckle. Later on match, we get into a disarmor type situation in the middle of the ring, but Trish turns right around and pulls her into the cage wall a few times and follows through with the Sentai. We get a couple more motions and some so close pins in the matchup, but ultimately we end up getting Trish with a widow's peak, but still nothing. And a Stratus faction is reversed and Becky with a twist of fate, but Stratus kicks out. Nice touch with the twist of fate. Becky paying homage to Lita a little bit there. Stratisfaction connects this time with Lynch, but she's just not staying down. This is a good matchup for Becky Lynch to have with a veteran. And I, I want to say we've gotten to the point where Becky Lynch has become so big for the industry. She either has to be involved in a world title or in a match with a veteran like Trish Stratus nowadays. Becky Lynch versus a new NXT up-and-comer for a nothing title just isn't going to get the job done anymore. But we want to keep Becky away from the title for a while. We don't want her to get the Charlotte Flair syndrome where she just always has to be involved. That's why we like Becky. That's why we praise her. So, continuing back on this action with Trish, 
suplexing, hanging off the cage, but Trish gets a shoulder up. There's a couple attempts to escape the cage again. And then finally we get, speaking of NXT earlier, we get some Zoe Stark action coming down to play tug of war with her mentor. And then Lynch pulls Stratus all the way in. Zoe slams the door shut in her face, and there's a near fall. But she ducks the chick kick and hits the manhandle slam, but Stark breaks it up for her mentor, Trish Stratus. Becky slams the door shut, and then in with her, they trade punches, and then they abandon. And at this point, Lynch gets the better of her trading punches with the Stratus in the turnbuckles, and Becky Lynch wins by pinfall with an avalanche manhandle slam for the one, the two, and the three. Becky Lynch is your winner in this Steel Cage Showdown. This is exactly what needed to happen tonight. Post-match, Stratus confronts Zoe Stark, and Stark paintbrushes her with a slap, and then Zoe shuts the door and slams her very own Z360 on the legend Trish Stratus. She takes off her Thank You Trish shirt, throws it down, and you can tell Zoe Stark has had enough. Where do we go from here? Is this going to lead to Trish Stratus versus Zoe Stark? Maybe. Is it going to lead to Zoe Stark eventually taking on somebody like a Becky? Perhaps not. One thing we can take away is that this feud is now done. It's over. Becky got her win. And she's moving on to other things as we see none other than Tiffany Stratton in the crowd at the end of this matchup. And we're going to get to that later. But let's move right ahead to John Cena is going to be your host for WWE Payback tonight. And I will say, Cena, it's great to see. I praised him so much. It's great to see John Cena never forget his promise to never become like The Rock and forget about the fans and the people of the WWE. It is his passion. It is his road to fame. And he doesn't forget where he came from. And he's coming back for the next month to do a stint. John Cena makes his entrance here no different, and he's got a mission tonight, and that's not only to try to be a great host, but the best host of the year for any PLE. That actually gets, he gets on the mic, he greets Pittsburgh, he says he's been up and down on the card, and he's never actually hosted a show like this before, so he found out it's a little, he wants to do it tonight, it's going to be special for him. Cue the Miz who actually happened to be the host of WrestleMania this year, the biggest show of the shows. Miz enters, and he basically says that he expects this from L.A. Knight, but he expects better of John Cena. And they go back and forth to the audience with this one. And then he's John Cena, the greatest of all time. But his host, he tells him he sucks. Cena chooses to genuinely ask for advice from The Miz. And, of course, The Miz tells him that he shouldn't put himself into his own match. And then he also says that... His uh, only idea was to ask for more advice. The Miz says, if you get a call to be a merman on a Barbie movie, say no. I haven't seen the Barbie movie. But I do hear that John Cena had a brief part in that. And that's what they're referencing. So then we get more. He says to get more involved, to dress better. The Miz says, I wore a $10,000 suit to WrestleMania. And at that point, we get a little bit of leadway into L.A. Knight with some no, yeah, no, yeah, back and forth type between The Miz. And John Cena then declares that he is going to be the special guest referee. As host, he has the right to make himself special guest referee. So L.A. Knight versus The Miz is our next matchup. And as stated, John Cena is your special guest referee for this one. Miz immediately bails 
and gets out of there as Knight gives the chase back inside, trading ground punches. And then they're back on their feet with haymakers up in the turnbuckle. The A-lister knocks them down, diving axe handle. I love the axe handle, classic 80s style move. Putting boots to LA Knight and then to the floor. Knight smashes his face into the announce desk over and over and over again. Miz turns to the tide, smashing LA's face into the barricade over and over and over again, breaking the count back outside. And Knight back body drops him right into the timekeeper's barricade back inside with the Miz and John Cena and they go back and forth, back and forth again, faster and faster. Meanwhile, John is kind of looking kind of confused as the referee, but he is up to the Miz's tactics and later on in the matchup, the Miz is kind of getting involved with some tactics where he's holding the rope and trying to get leverage and John Cena actually kicks the hand and gets Miz out of the way of that one. And at that point, we get a little further and there's a bunch of ducking and dodging and there's a skull crushing finale for the one, the two, but not enough, not for a three. The Miz mocks Cena and then he does the, you can't see me like John does, but Knight plants him with the people's elbow. He spins him around. LA Knight for the pinsaw with the BTF. Post matchup. So let's break this matchup down here real quick. So for me, this matchup delivered. I liked it. It was around the 18 minute mark. Could have been a little longer. Actually, this was a little longer. Could have been a little shorter, but it got its job done. I do ask, what purpose did John Cena have in the matchup as special guest referee? Some people will say John had no place in being involved here. However, I disagree. I actually feel having John Cena as a special guest referee in this matchup actually is the perfect thing to do with John because he's highlighting the talent without being a directly involved in a matchup. He brought eyes to this matchup. People are there and they're going to watch John Cena. And I think that's a great call for LA Knight to get those eyes. And speaking of the eyes on John Cena, we did get an endorsement of Cena after the match with a post-match where Cena has a moment with Knight on the stage and he offers a handshake. LA Knight does get a little smart alecky with John Cena in the beginning, saying he almost cost him the match. But John kind of looks at him and wants to shake his hand and says, take the respect. And at that point, LA Knight shakes his hand. John raises his hand, points to him, puts him over. And I haven't seen this done by John in this format since Dolph Ziggler back at Survivor Series many, many years ago when he was the sole survivor. And that was the same Survivor Series that Sting debuted at in the WWE. But what we get is John Cena putting over LA Knight a lot better than Sting was ever put over. But what we do get, and then John leaves, and LA Knight plays to the crowd, and we're done. And then what's next for LA Knight? Well, I know we're all eager to see him succeed. I will say, he's impressive. I've had somebody message me on Friday night in the buildup for this matchup, which Miz and him did a really good job. My friend that casually watches, and he said... Is that guy new from NXT? And I said, yes, he is. And he said, he's good. Not knowing much, not following the project, but casually around Mania season a little bit here and there. But for somebody to recognize that, never knows him, but he says he's good, he's new. And I said, yeah, they've done a really good job with him. They're debating on pushing him. He is on track, in my opinion, to be exactly where he needs to be to be successful. They give him a little win at the Royal Rumble with the gimmick battle royal, fine. But things like this tonight with endorsements from veterans like Cena, wins over The Miz. The Miz is the gateway to becoming famous. 
So that is going to be a plus in LA Knights fandom. One thing I think they're trying to avoid here is the Austin Theory effect, where you don't want to push a guy too fast, too hard, and you got to let it slow burn until people will really, really ask for it. And that's what they're doing. Hey guys, I want to talk about a little bit, just say thank you for all my followers over there on Twitter X, at the Brian Adkins. But ultimately, over 17,000 subscribers there. Also, want to thank you guys and just check out us out over at thefansofprowrestling.com with the Wrestling Fans Inside Podcast, the podcast I do with my teammates on Sunday. Um, we actually have, you know, Carlos, Will, Heather, and John, all about the team there. But also we got, we host Twitter spaces on every Monday and Wednesday as part of the Saged Up Network. So give us a check and come, you know, just chat with us on those Monday and Wednesday sessions. You're free to talk and we'll give you a mic. Let's get in. All right, let's move ahead. So we've got the United States Championship, Austin Theory. We just talked about him and how he was maybe pushed a little too quick, right? But they've got him hanging around the U.S. title now, and they got him kind of back on track there. So he is going to go try to get his U.S. title back against the legend in the Hall of Famer, Rey Mysterio. Theory is hot out the gates and immediately in this one. There's some back and forth in Lariats. Covers Mysterio, but he looks for a quick cover with a side headlock swing and covers just for a two. Up in the turnbuckles, Austin's clawing, Austin Theory's clawing at his mask. Ray gets back on the mat and sets him up with a 619 duck. Springboard caught, and there's just nothing there. Fireman's carry, Mysterio slips out, and there's an instant that connects on the apron, a shoulder block, a rolling thunder dropkick. Ray rebounds off the ropes, dropkick of his own. Both men are down and out. Then, they set up for a 619, he connects. Slingshot splash, the knees are up. Austin rolls him right through and then tosses him up in reverse. There's a victory roll by Rey Mysterio for the win and the pin. One, two, three. Who's that flying in the sky? It's R.E.Y. Mysterio. Here we go. He is still your United States champion after this one in a very quick matchup, but it was efficient. The LW will come out afterwards to celebrate with Rey. And I have to ask, you know, this matchup was sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and we did have a lot of the banners, but it didn't take away from any of the match. It was quick, in and out type thing, and I would rather them sponsor those kind of matches instead of the big giant championship matches. So nothing kind of hurt there. There's something going on with uh, Mysterio and the Cinnamon Toast Crunch thing because they did the same thing at Mania. But let's move on. Nothing really storyline-wise here. And we get to a backstage segment that I alluded to earlier. Tiffany Stratton was in the crowd tonight, the NXT Women's Champion. Becky Lynch is interviewed backstage, but before she can really say too much, Tiffany rolls up and she acknowledges that she made a mistake calling Becky a former NXT Women's Champion. And Becky says that she should focus on her title defense this Tuesday on NXT. Might have to check that out, but maybe she'll see her soon. Tiffany takes note and then cheerfully walks off. So this was just a nice little quick build and a way to use Becky's stardom to try to help put over an NXT star. Now, the question is, are we going to get a Becky appearance at NXT? Most likely, yes. I'm a little leery of this one. Is the goal for Becky to take back or take the NXT championship off Stratton or to allow Stratton to get a win over Becky? Got to be careful with what they do here. Becky got a big win over Trish Stratus. And I know we want to build up new talent, but we got to make sure it's at the right time and the right place. So this will be interesting. I will be interested to see what they do with that because this is kind of Becky's career in balance here. And we'll keep tuned. 
Next, we've got the Universal Tag Team Championship of the Night match. And I tell you what, a lot of you guys um, might call this the match of the night. When does Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens really not deliver, right? And you pair them up with the Judgment Day with Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And it's a can't-miss opportunity. This is a Pittsburgh street fight, a.k.a. a tornado tag style. And what we really get is the Steel City street fight, I'm sorry, is what they called it. But they pair off roughly by size, Owens and Priest trade chops up on the ramp immediately and Zayn smashing Balor's face into the barricade so we got the big guys messing with, you know with each other and the little guys doing the same but ultimately Finn gets a hold of a local sports towel actually it's the terrible towel from the Pittsburgh Steelers and he grabs it starts waving it in the crowd the crowd's going nuts and he throws it in the ground stomps it and just wipes his feet on it love this and I must say as a Cleveland Browns fan it was just great to see but not trying to hate on that I do say it's a great way for the heel to play with, you know, the character a little bit and to get the crowd involved in this one because they would be ramping up to a few other things. So back inside, the champs put a trash can on Finn's head and they go to town with kendo sticks. Very ECW, very much um, homage in this matchup to the late, great Terry Funk. And you can feel that Sami Zayn actually, or excuse me, Kevin Owens actually takes off and reveals a shirt that he's wearing that is homage to Terry Funk. And there's a lot of nice nods to the ECW and the hardcore legend himself in this one. I thought it was a great way for these guys to honor them a little bit in their matchup today to his recent passing. So the action eventually goes into the crowd where Dominic Mysterio runs in and tries to save his pals. They dump the champions over the barricade which then they magically kind of pop up wearing hockey gear of the local Pittsburgh Penguins team. And they go down and they go at it with Judgment Day with the hockey sticks, just basically pulverizing them with them. Owens then uh, gets a little bit of the crimson mask going on. Not sure exactly where that happened. I don't know if it was an ice skate to the head or what, but Dom tries to stand them up and they go and get gloves and then they go back and forth there was a Blue Thunder driver spot on a pile of steel chairs at one point. There's a close pin on that one, but Priest is, uh, breaks it up with a broken arrow on Zayn. KO breaks it up with a desperate chair throw. And then back to the floor, um, and then Zayn with uh, Atomico and off of the, uh, what is it, the panel desk from the pre-show. And then ultimately, we get the Senton Atomico off of the balcony through Dominic Mysterio onto a table in the hard concrete below that table. Boom! Back inside, Zayn and Balor lined up. The Priest throws a trash can at him. Very desperate with throwing things in this matchup. But this matchup, I felt, was going to compete a little bit with the Anarchy in the Arena type matches that AEW has been popular for recently. And I will say, the action started pumping very much like an Anarchy in the Arena match, except for they didn't just keep playing their music during the whole thing. Dominic breaks it up, ultimately, with a chair shot as they go for the coup de gras. And then they get a chair shot, not a chair shot, but they get a shot with the money in the uh, bank briefcase. And he falls onto Finn, onto Sammy. Uh, basically, at this point, we do get Judgment Day winning by pinfall with a one-arm cover on Finn Balor on Sami Zayn to become your new WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champions of the World. 
I gotta hand it, the Judgment Day looked good. Look at them here. They looked great holding the gold. Rhea Ripley with her World Women's Championship. We have Dominic with the NXT North American Championship. I forgot about that one. And ultimately, the Universal Tag Team Champions on the waist of Finn and Damian Priest. Priest also is still your Money in the Bank briefcase holder. And what this does is prolongs the cash-in. It's a great move. And I do welcome the idea that we got the Judgment Day now looking like the collectors of all the gold. And I do want to pose the question and think about it until the end here in our final thoughts is the Judgment Day going to be the new bloodline? Are they going to be the bloodline treatment of the mid-card and tag team titles? Think about that for a minute and let's give to it at the final thoughts. Up next, we are going to get into the effect segment of the Grayson Waller effect. And will Cody get the rub here tonight? Grayson Waller introduces uh, the Grayson Waller show. And then he says Pittsburgh and Cody Rhodes have something in common that neither of them can read well enough to finish a story. Enter Cody Rhodes. And he starts to ask Pittsburgh what they want to talk about. But Waller cuts him off and says the only people who care about what he wants to talk about and that he wants to talk about Cody's big announcement tonight. We're all thinking it's a flair for the gold type situation here, a Rhodes to the top. And Cody named a bunch of talk shows in the past, and he name drops the Piper's Pit, among others, telling Grayson Waller that, you know, I know you're fresh out of wrestling school, and you're learning how to do these kind of things. And he's probably studied a lot of those tapes. He thanks Grayson for having him on a show and asks if he watches SmackDown. He says he SmackDown is intriguing, but something that happened a few weeks ago and one thing that he felt needed to be right. So whatever, you know, his stroke, as he called it, he had, he cashed it in. And Cody Rhodes was able to pull a few strings. And he said, please welcome the newest member of the Monday Night Raw roster, main event Jay Uso is now on Monday Night Raw after quitting SmackDown. Waller kind of goes on, and then at this point, Uso stands silent before basically hitting him with a super kick. So, mind you, this is your Rhodes to Roman match. We've got Cody Rhodes now bringing Jey Uso, separating him from his brother Jimmy, separating him from the bloodline letting him stand on his own a little bit with Cody. But what this does is not really necessarily for Jimmy. What this does is this stands mostly for Cody. This will lead back to Cody Rhodes having another title shot against Roman. I did tweet that out on Twitter X tonight. But that's kind of what's going on in the Grayson Waller effect. Let's move on to our last couple matches. And there's the Women's World Title match in which the very dominant Rhea Ripley takes on Raquel Rodriguez for the World Women's Championship. There's some collar and elbow in this one, and they work each other around the ring. Um, they actually, I felt like the crowd died down in this matchup a little bit. I feel like it just kind of, it's a tough spot to wrestle. You're wrestling right before the main event, and people need a little bit of a break. And so, you know, they wanted to see what was going to be Cody's big announcement. So this is a tough spot for Rhea to take a title shot. Um, and give somebody a shot in. But that's fine. It was probably placed okay. I felt like they did a good job with the match. They had some back and forth, some lariats, 
uh, Ripley basically drops a big boot at some point, and then blowing a, uh, at that point, you know, uh, there's some seated senton kicks to the leg, snap mares, there's a cobra twist. Rodriguez gets to her feet, and Rhea um, gets out of a delayed vertical suplex and connects with some little bit of room. And then there's a corkscrew Vader bomb that follows, but it's not enough. Wheelbarrow face buster from the champ and sets up a running knee and a cocky pin where she's flexing her arm for a one and a two. There's a riptide reverse, a short gourd buster. There's a powerbomb attempt, but Rhea lands on her feet off the ropes with another lariat for a near fall. At this point, she scooping Riley up. There's a stampede in the corner. And then we go a little bit further on. These two get having some back and forth matchups. But Rhea, um, at this point later on, Raquel grabs her for a powerbomb lift. He rams her into the post and then swings her into the barricade to break the count. Back inside, Dominic tries to make the save on Rodriguez, pulls them both into the ring, and Dom begs um, her to you know back off. And Raquel grabs him. There's a power slam, but Ripley takes advantage of the sneaky heel tactic. With the distraction, Rhea Ripley hits the riptide for the one, the two, and the three. Rhea Ripley is still your women's championship after this one. Was there any doubt? I don't think so. Rhea Ripley is a dominant champion. She's going to remain. Raquel Rodriguez has not taken this title off for her on this evening. We move on to the backstage segment with our host, John Cena, looking a little goofy in the bow tie, and he decides that he's going to wear the bow tie in a blazer, and he's going to play a correspondent and interviewer for the new tag team champions. Finn Balor does the champs are here kind of thing, and Damian Priest says that they're family and they're brothers, and they may fight, but at the end of the night, they're all right. So basically, Balor then says it's time to go on and celebrate with Rhea that they now have all the gold. So that's all we get from that one. We move right ahead to our World Heavyweight Championship matchup. The question is, the story going into this was, you've got Shinsuke Nakamura coming out of nowhere for a World Championship matchup with his return and his reinvention of his character. So how does he equal a dominant champion like Seth Rollins? And the answer to this storyline is Seth Rollins has a bad back and he's wrestling in pain. And the announcers did a really good job on this one telling that story. How every time you kick out, you're actually putting strain on your lower back muscles. So I want to give them a lot of credit here for how they did that to try to equal the tables out for Nakamura being the sneaky heel and knowing the secret weakness of Seth Rollins. This Seth in this one comes out a little bit more moderately dressed for a Seth Rollins wardrobe, wearing all gold puffy sleeves. Wasn't actually overly done on this one. But ultimately then, out comes a very nice monologue and a new gimmick kind of for shaky Nakamura, as they say. But ultimately, these two get going, and then the back is the story in this one. And they are battling back and forth with, you know, Nakamura exposing the back, working on it. And then they get some punches and chops in the corners eventually. And then they brawl to the floor. And then they're back inside with some underhooks. But Nakamura counters with a pedigree with a back body drop. And kicks him in the spine right after working that back. Remember, the heel's got to work the back here. Kicks in the back in the corner. Rollins is in agony. And then at that point, Seth feeds him off. And there's a springboard sent on Tomiko that connects. And he misses. But with a quadrata, but Nakamura bails to the floor. 
So Rollins just fires and dives off right up to the floor, smashing Nakamura's face into the field steps. And then the announce table, and Shinsuke Nakamura slams him into the table afterwards. There's a back inside, they're hammering Seth's uh, shattered lumbar's, you know, lumbar spine, setting him up in the turnbuckles. And there's just a lot of work here. A lot of close catches, but just not enough in some close pen attempts. And then at this point, he just can't keep Nakamura down. There's a powerbomb attempt. Nakamura slips out, but he eats a short arm lariat for a one and another two. Seth yells at him, and he knows that he's risking it. He knows that his wife is worried. He's hammering with this. There's charging in. There's in for a blackout, but Shinsuke gets away. Looks for a sleeper hold and a diving Kinshasa, but no, he's a falling Kinshasa, scooping a slam. Lining up, blocks the Kinshasa with a super kick. At that point, he counters into a powerbomb. They go a little further in this matchup, and they're really trying to tell the story. It's weird, though, because I feel like this matchup, while either I was really tired from my weekend, or it just maybe kind of felt like a really good main event of Monday Night Raw. And I don't know if I was just ever bought into the idea of Shinsuke Nakamura taking out Seth Rollins for this title. I also think, you know, as this match goes further, it just kind of, you know, they try to kick it into another gear that it never took for me. But ultimately, there was a pedigree that did connect. Rollins struggled to get to his feet. There was a blackout countered with a desperate Kinshasa. Fireman's Kiri reversed and blackout connects, crawling into the cover. And Seth Rollins wins by one, two, and three. Pinfall with a blackout, retaining his heavyweight championship of the world. So ultimately, again, I just don't feel like this one really took off for me. And where do we go from here? We're going to talk about that in the final thoughts and maybe who can take out Seth Rollins for this world championship. And I got an idea. But ultimately, I do want to say Nakamura was a good one-off title contender here. And I don't think this matchup hurt or really helped him in his cause. But it was a way to pass another month and get them through another PLE with Seth as world champion. Now, let's talk about some final thoughts here in overall payback. So I'm going to say payback 2023 was definitely a fun, quick little PLE that the WWE put on. We had the SummerSlam hangover, if you will. It feels like it was a long time since SummerSlam. And you had to survive a premium live event without Roman Reigns and the Bloodline storyline focus. And I actually thought WWE did a good job by shifting over to the Judgment Day. And I do want to ask you guys, do you think the Judgment Day could be the next Bloodline? We have a, about a four to five month rumor stint. I don't know if that's true without Roman, but at least a few months. And I think the Judgment Day holding all the mid-card gold and the tag titles could lead to them running and controlling Monday Night Raw, much like the Bloodline did for the last, you know, three years. But I do feel that they are doing the right things and maybe they will add another member. As you guys mentioned, JD McDonough would be a great fit into that Bloodline. But I got to ask, does he hold the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title or something like that? So at this point, um, speaking of the titles, Finn Balor being now a tag team champion with Damon Priest. That does prolong their inevitability of maybe those two having an eventual fallout. And I do feel like they are now doing the awkward champion thing. Taking a page out of AEW's book recently with MJF and Adam Cole. Except for these guys are already in a faction. They might have a reason to keep them together or break them up. But I do want to ask, since Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have lost their titles that they won back at WrestleMania. And they had a great run. And I do think it was the right time to shift titles. 
But now, what's going to happen? My prediction? I think that they will eventually find themselves realigned with the Bloodline feud. While they did beat and finally, you know, get their championships over the Usos, they never did get their revenge on Roman, and that's still hanging in the mix. I would like to see, and I do think they're going to build towards war games at Survivor Series, in which we'll have Kevin and Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes in some format versus the New Dead, or excuse me, versus the Bloodline. And I feel like the Usos and those four will be Solo and Roman, and maybe we do get, like, Paul Heyman in on that matchup for some comedy effect and, you know, get some overall payback. So I do think that could lead to a war game style matchup for Kevin and Sammy. And then who knows where they go from there. But ultimately, you know, let's shift gears with other split ups that could be coming down the line. Maybe the LWO does eventually have a split up, but I think it's a little too soon. I think they'll run a little further with that group. And then I also want to talk about LA Knight being properly endorsed tonight. I feel like, again, John Cena put him over in such a great format tonight. And LA Knight is going at the right rate. Patience is key. And he'll eventually be in that WrestleMania main event someday. And then finally, we're going to also want to talk about Seth Rollins and who could eventually dethrone him. And I am going to throw a name out there that you guys might be surprised about. But he has been a very good long-term champion. And he's about to break the Honky Tonk Man's all-time Intercontinental Championship streak. And that is none other than Gunther. And could we see Gunther win the Royal Rumble this year and go on to challenge Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? And we can get into an Intercontinental Champion versus World Title type thing. Think Ultimate Warrior Hawk Hogan many years ago at WrestleMania 6. It's not for me to decide, but it's for you to just kind of explain, you know, have fun with your fandom and think about these situations. And that's what Payback did for me tonight. It paid me back for a little bit of what I was missing in the last few weeks with not being able to watch wrestling as much with such a busy schedule. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And I just want to say again, thanks for watching. Like, share, subscribe if you made it this far. But it's not goodbye around here. We'll be back. It's just game over.